0: Do you ever sit there wondering, why are relationships so hard? Going back and forth with yourself saying, is it me or is it them? Is it me or is it them? The truth is, you're not crazy. You're not bad and you're definitely not broken. But there is something that you're probably missing. Something that most people don't talk about. It's the thing that you need for relationships of all kinds to thrive. The key ingredient that you need on lock is courage. Courage is the one thing that's going to help you show up as the real you. To be honest and transparent in your actions and in your words. To be truly vulnerable and open to giving and receiving in that connection with ease. Courage is what opens your heart to infinite possibilities and heals your heart of past pain I'm Perenoud Shams and this is Embrace Your Essence podcast You might be saying why courage why is that the key ingredient that will turn things around for me Well The truth is most of us have experienced pain before, whether it was betrayal in your past romantic partnerships, whether you've been hurt by the words or the actions of your friends earlier in life, your siblings growing up, or your parents, or first caregivers. On top of that, All of us are living in a world where we are constantly fed images and illusions of who we are supposed to be. We're fed these stories of what love means and what it should look like. We're given these scripts that really don't match reality, nor do they honor the true power of love at its essence. We're given these false ideas of personas what it means to be a, quote, real man, and a, quote, good woman. And honestly, all of these ideas that turn into scripts, that turn into the ways we live our lives, they infiltrate us on the deepest level. They weasel into our subconscious, and they have us moving, not at all with courage, but with a whole lot of fear, a whole lot of fake attitude. We are defensive, we're trying to prove ourselves. Sometimes we don't even know what we're trying to prove or to whom, but we are moving with that energy. We're out here telling ourselves, I want deep connection, but we don't lead with depth, with trust, with openness, courage, or love at all. We move with the energy of you're guilty, until proven innocent. This is especially true in the dating world right now. There are so many clients of mine, and me, myself, when dating, that are experiencing the same thing, which is everyone's so surface level. Nobody has what it really takes. Well, my question is, how is it That every single person on every single dating app you've ever been on is so surface level, and you aren't. How is it that it's always the other person? Now I know what you're saying. Well, I'm not like them. I haven't done this and this and this. Look, I said those same things to myself. And I'm not saying you are exactly like the people you've dated. But I am saying there are things you haven't seen. And that's what we're going to explore in this episode today. The second area where I see these rampant trust issues showing up, where people are interacting, but they're really not relating honestly in the present moment at all, is within family structures between siblings or from a parent to a child or vice versa. There is so much projecting that goes on that everyone has internalized. It is squashing the flow of love even between you and the people you care about the most. It's time for us to ditch the scripts. It's time for us to rise in our courage so that we can experience real love. So here's the uncomfortable truth. Real love and true depth that you want from other people is not currently flowing towards you because you are not rooted in your depth and your love. And ultimately, we get what we give out. See, the quality of your relationships up to this point is a direct mirror of your actions, your deeply ingrained expectations that you place on yourself and people around you. It's the reason why love doesn't seem effortless, it seems so evasive hard to find. It's why all of us are walking around with an idea of that perfect person. And no one in reality seems to come anything close to that. This is why you need courage. We all need courage to go inward and to get real, to see the truth behind our patterns, and our cycles playing out in our family, in our friend circles, and in our partnerships. When we go inward, when you go inward, you're going to have to let your defenses down towards yourself. Some of you right now might already be getting a little hot on the back of your neck saying, No, I'm a good person. I haven't done anybody like my ex did me. Maybe not. But that doesn't mean you aren't an active and equal participant in your relationship struggles. It doesn't mean that you are absolved of responsibility from really getting to the root of how you see love and all the ways that that is hurting you. If you don't have the courage to go there, to unlearn the ways you have learned to struggle in love, then you aren't going to be able to do the real work, which is to reframe what love is really and to start moving with that new perspective in your daily life. Most people don't want to say that they are the reason love isn't working out for them. It's much easier to just throw a blanket statement out there, like all women are demanding and superficial, or it's so much easier to walk around saying all men are shit. It's easier to stay caged in these categories and ideas in your mind. It's easier to project your past pain into the future than to show up in the present moment and take someone for who they really are, to be really present and to listen rather than react. To listen rather than to get angry. To listen for the sake of of listening and being there, rather than listening, waiting for all the holes in what they say. It takes courage to learn to love in the real way. And if you are someone who has struggled in past relationships, whether it's in your family, your friendship circles, or romantic partnership, you're not alone. And I want to share with you some of the questions I've gotten from clients recently about love. So you see, there are other people asking questions about this, trying to peel apart the very subversive, suffocating, and harmful narrative that has been ingrained in us around love. One question I recently got was, what's the difference between loving yourself and learning to love others? The answer is, at least from my perspective, they are one and the same. If you see love as a choice that you get to make based on how much you've decided you value someone in a moment, then you're doing that to yourself too. You're probably somebody who likes yourself when you think you're doing a good job in life, and you're probably a jerk to yourself when you don't think you're doing a good job in life. Is that true? You're probably nice to yourself about certain things, the things you like, for example, how smart you are, so long as there aren't any smarter people around, and you probably also shame parts of yourself, like your body or your abilities or whatever. The point is, don't start by trying to love others. Start by trying to unlearn all the ways you have learned to be unkind and cause harm to yourself. Because chances are you are bringing those things into your relationships with others and it is diluting the love right out of that connection from the jump. Another question that recently came to me was, how do you make sure people aren't walking all over you? How do you hold them accountable? How do you have standards? How Do you make sure that you are your own protector? Because the truth is, you can't just have someone come in and destroy you. Well, I think all of those questions encompass one ginormous societal belief that is completely wrong. If we really love, we will be hurt. If we move with real love, we are weak. We have exposed ourselves to being destroyed. This speaks to how confused we are. We don't realize what love is really. Because if we did, we would know it is our greatest strength. It is the ultimate protector. And yes... You are vulnerable when you are moving from love. You are completely open and soft. And that does not make you weak. It makes you so rooted in yourself, in your trust, in your strength, in your awareness. It means you are so deeply connected to you and your understanding of self that you can be completely open and soft and real and vulnerable with another because you fundamentally understand that has nothing to do with your strength. They cannot take it from you when you're vulnerable. They cannot take your love away from you because it is infused into you. It is inherent to you. I know what I've just said is a departure from what you've been told. It might even just feel like a false claim. But you don't have to take my word for it. This has been written in the ancient texts, time after time. Persians say, and they have said for thousands of years, the greatest love we will ever know is the one with our awareness. When we are a friend to ourself is when we will really taste the sweetness of love and life that is written into the ancient poetry. There's a Persian poem that says, the word used by Sufis or spiritual mystics to describe love is ishq a word derived from a longer word that is used to describe a type of vine. When this vine winds itself around a tree, the tree withers and dies. So love of our mind, of our world, dries up and turns yellow, the tree of the body, but spiritual love, Withers the Root of the Ego For me, this is everything. When we love in the way we've been taught to love, following the scripts of society, we wrap ourselves around another, whether that's our partner, our parent, our brother or sister, and we squeeze the life out of that connection with our expectations, with our ideas of who they should be, of all the ways that we keep score. But when we tap into spiritual love, as the Sufis call it, ishq, when we get to the essence of love and learn to move from it in every day and every way, it will wither our ego, meaning it will take away our need to defend ourselves, protect ourselves in the fear based way. It will rot away. All of our past pain, it will wash away the false ideas you have about how love will hurt you. And that is where Eshk will bloom for you. Another way to think about this is love is always present. Love is present even in the moments when you are holding someone accountable, standing in your strength. Because moving with unconditional love does not make you a doormat or a pushover. Again, that's coming from this mindset that love makes you weak. You can't love because you need to be strong and protect yourself. For example, when you are holding a boundary with a romantic partner, for example, that is you exercising unconditional deep love for yourself and your respect for self. And it is a way of extending love to the other, to your partner. Because it is inviting them in to know you deeper, to see you more fully, more raw and more real. You're saying this boundary is an edge and I want you to know that edge. Boundaries are a form of love. They are an invitation for intimacy. They aren't conditions. But most of us use them as conditions. Use them as ways to manipulate. And to get what we want or to prove somebody wrong or to just test people because we're so afraid we aren't really worthy of their love. Love is awareness. That means when you are aware of yourself, when you are connected to your intuition where awareness lives and it is telling you this boundary of yours is being crossed right now, you will be able to respect it. That is love. That comes from self-connection. You will be able to hold people accountable while being rooted in your love. That's very different than holding someone accountable from a place of fear or anger or skepticism or trying to prove a point. That is not love. That is your internalized pain that you are projecting onto another who doesn't deserve it. This is also different than setting boundaries from a place of programming or the script as I've called it. Examples of this is, the man should always pay, or the woman should be the primary caregiver. Yeah, she can be a feminist, but not too much of a feminist. These are ideas that you have internalized that are false about the other, and they are getting in the way of how you will give and receive love. Because love is not an either-or. It is not up to you to determine. It's not for you to say, if you're bad to me, I'm turning it off. And if you're good to me, I'm turning it on. This reiterates that guilty until proven innocent mindset where ultimately you're just waiting for an opportunity to prove the person wrong and reinforce the idea you already have, which is something along the lines of all men suck or all women are opportunists or whatever it is. Point is, Most of us are too busy on the hamster wheel of reinforcing our own limiting beliefs that we're not even experiencing real love. We aren't even in that conversation, much less in the arena of experiencing it. So to get off the hamster wheel, to stop the regularly scheduled programming, and to really start showing up as a courageous person who is committed To not just saying they want real connection, but being real connection, then it requires some different sets of actions. Number one, we really need to give ourselves ample time and space to heal ourselves and to establish roots within ourselves. Love is like a flower, it will keep on blossoming, but in order to blossom, it needs to be rooted. It needs to be rooted in depth, in healthy, sustainable soil, and it needs the right nutrients. You are that flower in love. You are meant to live in full bloom. And that life in full bloom includes giving and receiving deep, lasting trust, intimacy, vulnerability, and openness. But you will not be able to give or receive that until you have built the foundation for yourself to get there. This is a gradual process of building your inner strength, of healing your inner blocks and barriers, to start building a safe space within yourself so you can let down your walls. You can resolve your trust issues and stop projecting them onto the next person you encounter. This is a very organic process. For me, it's taken years and I'm still in the process every day. But how I got on this path and how I stay on it is actually pretty straightforward. And it's what I've shared with you here on this podcast over and over again. It is the core of the work that I do with people. It is to embrace your essence. That means building a conscious, consistent practice, a sadhana, as it's called in Sanskrit, to connect back to the real you, not the ideas of who you should be. Not the stories that were told to you about your self-worth growing up. The real essence of you, beyond all the roles and the responsibilities you have. Your sadhana should include meditation. When you meditate, you are opening up the doors to infinite possibilities, where you will go beyond the scripts and the narratives of what love means. But... Not all meditation is the same. I'm not talking about the five-minute meditation to curb your anxiety that you get on the apps. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those at all. In fact, I encourage you to start there and to stay there for as long as it feels good. But when we're talking about getting to the roots of the blocks and the barriers that live within you, in your psyche, in your energy, sometimes even in the people who came before you and passed down their fears to you, we've got to go deeper than the five-minute meditation on the app. And going deeper for me and when you work with me means getting into the world of Tantra. Tantra is a spiritual science that was born out of India thousands of years ago. Tantra translates to the science of self-awareness. Tantra has at its forefront goddesses. Goddesses that represent different qualities of divine feminine strength, also known as Devi consciousness. The reason I'm bringing this up is because Tantra is not concerned with how men should act or how women should act. Tantra understands that at the core of all of our beings, is an essential, balanced set of energies, masculine and feminine. And when you start meditating from the Tantra lineage, you start to naturally balance those energies within you. You start to understand the strength of the feminine in a new way, not at all as controlling, manipulative, or emotional, or whatever else you've been told. You start to understand the masculine not as something to be defended against, Something overbearing, but a nurturer, a protector in a soft sense. It's when I started meditating from the Tantra lineage under the guidance of my teacher, Chandresh, that my life changed. I don't mean the perfect partner, Knight in Shining Arbor, showed up the next day or the next week or even the next year or even in the next five years. What I mean when I say my life changed is I started to completely reframe how I looked at myself. Slowly, organically, very powerfully, I've started to peel back the layers of all the ways I have learned to be hurt and to cause hurt. Even though I was never trying to. I have slowly learned how to step into my strength, how to lead with courage, how to be unapologetic, With my love, whether it's with a client, a friend, a family member, a person I'm dating, a person who I'm dating and has let me down, or a person on the street that I don't even really know. I've learned to be strong and soft because I have connected to true feminine strength and I have learned and am learning how to receive true masculine energy when it is healed and whole. The same is possible for you. You can walk the path of healing the essential energies of masculine and feminine within you, and you can start to receive healing in this way. On this podcast, I have tantra meditations that you can try out. You can also join one of my programs. I'll teach you in depth, step by step, how to do this meditation, how to use it to activate your courage, to let down your walls and to show up in your ultimate strength. The second part of your sadhana or consistent practice of healing needs to be focused on the body. For me and my clients, that means yoga. Now, this is not yoga that you do in the studio. This is yoga that's focused on somatic healing, meaning integrating the mind and the body so that the nervous system gets to be calm again. See, the problem is most of us are walking around in this world with a jacked-up nervous system because we've carried trauma or because we're really stressed out because our jobs are really hard and high-intensity and our job is kind of a pain in our ass and our boss is kind of a dick. Sound familiar? All of us have a nervous system that, for the most part, is on high alert and when you start doing somatic sequences, when you start tapping into the world of shadow yoga as I have learned from my teacher Dr. Blossom, you start to see yourself and all the ways you are on high alert and all the ways you project that out into your daily life in the form of pressure, expectations, anxiety, self-doubt, withdrawing, or being impulsive, or self-sabotage, the list honestly goes on. This yoga has changed the way I relate to the world. It has softened me. It has made me more grateful, more in tune, more reliable. In so many ways, yoga has the ability to transform you, but you have to do it in a way that's authentic. And unfortunately, most yoga that we see today is not authentic. It's about performance. It's about perfection. And honestly, it feels weird. In addition to the meditation, in addition to the yoga, there should be some form of guidance, a scaffolding to put around your own reflection process. The layers that you're pulling back, sometimes it can get intense. I know it has been for me. Sometimes it can take longer than you think, or sometimes it moves a lot faster than you think. I know for me, I have needed a mentor. I have relied on my mentors for years. And my mentors have come and gone at different times, but my point to you is if you are really ready to rise, if you are really ready to ditch the stories, to drop the scripts, to start showing up as the real you so that love can flow into your life, then it's time to get serious. Find a mentor. Build a sadhana. Like I said, it's not a promise that your one true love will show up tomorrow. It's not even a promise that a partner will come at all. But it is a promise that you will rise beyond the dumbed down, cheapened, fear-based stories of love that permeate our life. And in doing so, you will experience your true strength, openness, and ability to love from within. Recently, I was on a call with a client where she had been doing a lot of this work that I'm telling you about right now. And she said, I've had a huge change of heart. I don't even know if I want a partner anymore. Not in a bad way, not in a bitter way. In a way of I'm realizing the role that a partner plays in my life is so much different than I've ever thought about. I've always forced men to play these roles in my life. And I didn't even realize I was doing it. I've always forced myself to play a role in their life. And I didn't even want that. I was just doing it because I picked it up somewhere. Now that I know my strength, I want a relationship with myself, and I'll go from there." That, by the way, is a direct quote. In summary, love from the jump. Don't wait. Don't hold back. The next time you have coffee with someone, go on a date, or call your mom. Ask yourself, how would I show up if I already trusted, respected, and cherished this person? And then do that without reservation or fear. Thank you for being present. Thank you for staying open and getting curious about the ways courage can help you in your relationships and rise in love. If you're ready to dive deeper into this topic, I encourage you to take the following steps. One, visit perinoshams.com and check out my newest offering, the Courage in Love Coaching Intensive. This is a three-session immersive deep dive into understanding your existing blocks and barriers against love, looking at your habits and patterns in love, and creating a very specific personalized map that you can use moving forward to show up in greater receptivity, openness, and strength using courage. Next, I invite you to consider the Courage in Love healing wellness retreat happening this September in Mexico. It's a week-long experience where we're going to use tantra meditation, shadow yoga, and so much more to go beyond the past stories to go beyond our normal ways of existing and show up in greater strength, love, and courage in every way. You may never feel ready to start, but that doesn't mean it's not the right time to start. Thank you for being here.